Ciao ragazzi and welcome to another edition of Serie A Sit Down, World Football Index's podcast of Calcio told like it is. I'm Frank Ravello. He, Richard Carmen. Ciao, Richard. Ciao, Frank. How are we doing tonight, huh? It's a long, uh, long time no see, man. Yeah, 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> For those who don't know, uh, Richard and I appeared on the Calcio Connection last night with Alex Dono and Jerry Mancini. Had a great time. Uh, talking Azzurri, talking, uh, you know, previewing uh, the upcoming weekend a little bit, talking about Milan a little bit. Uh, so, uh, you know, do go and check that out. Uh, Tyler Sharma, good to see you. Always Tyler Sharma just makes it a point to be the first man in, doesn't he? I love it. I love it. Yeah, you got you to gotta like that. So, so great stuff. Um, so uh, we, we, we joined that and it uh, was, uh, was actually a, a pleasant experience. Uh, uh, appearance this time I, I maybe because i didn't have to host it like last time so i could just yeah <laughs> could just sit back and speak my mind and you know not like it not that i don't speak my mind here but <laughs> just, sure i was probably i was probably less impartial than i normally am on here so eh, sure it happens yeah we can be more of a of a fan of our favorite team than you know on there here we're we're trying yeah. to be a little bit more objective and all of that other stuff so take more so shots do, yep do go check uh alex and uh jerry out uh over there at calcio connection uh good guys uh put together a good podcast and uh yeah. it was uh, a pleasure to uh uh, beyond with them so um we're going to talk a, a little azzurri here obviously with the international break uh italy coming off of wins over northern ireland and bulgaria uh and they will be taking on lithuania on wednesday you know, we'll recap those two games maybe have a peek at what to expect uh for wednesday's clash with lithuania and uh preview uh, Saturday's slate of Serie A games. Uh, it, there is the uh, Derby della Mole, among others, uh, mm-hmm. to look forward to there. So, um, you know, plenty to talk about. And, of course, the uh, world's most famous hashtag game, Who Won Calcio Twitter. We've got a we've got a much uh, we've got a much bigger uh, slate of entries to deal with tonight, Richard, than we did last week. I think they heard the call uh, after we were, uh, you know, a little disappointed with uh, everybody uh, deciding to try to maybe take a siesta uh, from the contest. What do yes. you what, what do you say? Yeah, I, I agree. A lot, a lot more, uh, a lot really good ones this week. Uh, even though the winner last week was pretty funny, uh, there were some good ones this week. Uh, so I was scrolling through, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to uh, unveil this will be this a good one. Yeah. Yeah, we have some sure. good, we have some we have some contenders this week. Something to do with a certain logo too that just got unveiled today. I think hmm. that uh, we're not going to break that down. We're just going to that's just part of who won Calcio Twitter, um, <laughs> and I think you're going to find some pretty interesting entries on that. Yeah, yeah. Stevie's in the house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good to, good to have you on my good to have you in the chat with us, my friend. Let yeah. me ask you this richard and let me ask that chat chat and i was thinking about this um you know it's just kind of maybe an overview question about these two games that we saw with the national team um are you know are you would you rather win get the three points you know kind of like they're doing it's been it's been resourceful it's been you know get the three points or move on or do you prefer to see something more convincing out of Roberto Mancini's side? 
it's tough. Um, you want to see, you like to see in the shutouts for sure, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's number one. Um, you also want to see that they can win ugly when they have to. Uh, you don't want to see it all the time, yeah. Because uh, at times you will be forced to win ugly. Um, if you win convincingly all the time, we've seen teams that have coasted through qualifying and then when they go to the big stage, they had no challenges and then they lost in the first in, in knockout stages. So we don't want to see that either. So it's a combination of both. You know, at times you want to see them win ugly, um, but at other times you also want to be convincing as well. So um, you know, what I, the big thing for me is to see. Is anyone going to step up, show show up, show that they're playing? Uh, they want some spots that are that are available, uh, and I think we do, we did see that. I think. Yep. Yeah, we did. I'm I'm on the uh, side of the former. I'm just you know get your three points and go on to the next game. Uh, you know is, is 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 for me what qualifying is all about, especially under the new circumstances where these teams are now playing three games during an international break. Yeah. Um, which is just it's way too much. Uh, you know, in my opinion, too, fine. And you can space it out a little bit more here. They're trying to jam in three games over an international break with players that are already playing every three days or so uh, for their club team. So I, I'm fine with the, all right, find a way, 2-0 here, 2-0 there, you know, get it done, get the three points and move on. I don't think that they have to be stylish you know, under the format that FIFA and UEFA have this set up. I just think that they just got to get the three points, beat the teams you're supposed to beat. Doesn't really matter how you make the sausage in this one. Uh, just go on and uh, and go on and get your three points and move forward. I'd be interested to hear if the chat thinks there should be more goals from this Atsuri team, if they should be playing with more style, um, you know, or if if, if this is okay. Uh, I'm, I'm fine with it. And maybe it's because – Growing up watching the national team and watching the Katanachu, I'm somewhat used to it. I'm somewhat yeah. used to watching eleven game managers out there. Uh, go I don't want to. I don't want to see the fourteen nothing that we saw Japan put up today. So I definitely don't want to see that. Oh, did that happen? I know. I know Belgium. <laughs> yeah. Belgium beat Belarus with their backups and beat them eight nil today. Yeah, so. Japan won fourteen nothing today, and they scored like four goals in the ninetieth minute plus. I mean, it's it was ridiculous. Yeah, that's you don't have to do that. No, no. so you don't have to do that. Uh, I get that. Um, Phil B, I think this had this been a regular year, there would have been more analysis on the actual performance, but at the end of the day, three points are the only thing that matter. Okay, it's fine as long as Mancini gets his philosophy through to his players. Good answers. Okay, I mean, so it's kind of consistent. Just something I was thinking about. I mean, because you're, you know, I, I think the way things are structured, I think it's hard to just go out and try to be convincing with your best 11, you know, 90 minutes every three days. So, um, you know, I, I, I like how... And, and Steve's the same way. I'm with the win and move on, but they can't miss so many chances. That's what's bothered him the last two games, and we'll break that down. So um, so that was the overview question that I had, Richard. Um, why don't you get us started with what went down between Italy and Northern Ireland? Uh, okay. Uh, well, a uh, game between, uh, obviously, a game that we thought going into this that it was going to be um, it was going to be a difficult one because we thought maybe Ireland was going to you know stand 11 men behind the ball. Um, it was a game that we thought would be tight. Um, it, well, we don't think this is the, the strongest team in the group or the strongest team of the three that they're going to play amongst these three games. It was never going to be an, uh, an easy game for them just because the way Northern Ireland play, especially because they're not as good as they have been in, in recent years. So looking at the lineups in this one, uh, starting for, for the Azzurri, in goal, Donnarumma. They went with a back four of Florenzi, Bonucci, Chiellini, and Emerson. Um, then the midfield of Pellegrini, Locatelli, and Verratti, and then Barra 
Berardi, Immobile, and Insigne at the top. Um, I was good with that lineup, Frank. Uh, obviously, it wasn't their their top lineup, their their best eleven, but it was a strong lineup, I thought. Uh, and you know, having Barardi and Insigne on the wings, you had an opportunity to maybe create some opportunity and some chances in the game, and maybe uh, Immobile could feast off of. Uh, what were your thoughts in the uh, starting eleven of the game? I was happy to see Barardi starting uh, because I think you and I have been saying for for weeks, maybe even months, yeah, that. Berardi was probably the guy that needed to get the shot on the right side of that front three. We had been trying with Chiesa, been yeah. trying with Bernardeschi, and with not so flattering results. Maybe Bernardeschi, oddly enough, doing a little bit better than Chiesa when you consider Juventus. Chiesa's in really, really good form, and Bernardeschi is a substitute. So mm-hmm. you just kind of flip it when it comes to the national team. But I thought right. that Berardi is more deserving than both of them to at least get an opportunity. And I think that he's, you know, he's taken that opportunity and he's run with it uh so i was glad to see that he he got the he got the shout there on the on the right side of that front three you still got to figure out who your fullbacks are in this national team and and florenzi is you know shown some decent form playing for psg this season um you know certainly a much better attacker in, in in spots than he is a defender i thought that over the course of both games there were moments where where he got exposed a little bit um Emerson on the left-hand side, uh, you know, I liked it. And I, you know, it was a good spot to give Manuel Locatelli a shot, uh, you know, considering what he's, you know, meant to Sassuolo this season as well. And, you you know, you always got the tried and trusted Bonucci and Chiellini at the center back position. Yeah, no, d- definitely for sure. And then uh, looking at the opposition, uh, in goal, Peacock, Farrell, uh, they went with a 5-3-2 formation. Uh, you had Dallas, McNair, Evans, Cathcart, and Smith in the back. In the middle, you had McCann, Davis, and Evans. And up top, you had uh, McGinnis and White. Uh, you know, not a not a formidable lineup by any stretch, but uh, it was a lineup that we would face nonetheless. Uh, this game would be uh, interesting because in the first half, uh, the Azzurri really did come out and try to put uh, pressure on Northern Ireland. We talked about in the last podcast how um, that the, the chance for northern ireland to park the bus was going to be high and the best chance for them is to score early and that way it really uh put a lot of pressure on northern ireland to come out of their shell uh and that's what we saw uh, you know domenico barardi goal of the week candidate uh, in the 14th minute not that we have many goals this week right hmm. uh but um a, b- a wonderful goal short side could have been saved sure but it was a, it was a nicely placed shot nice power behind it uh one nothing in the 14th minute uh and then a goal that's not goal of the week candidate uh in the 38th minute chido immobile scoring on the short side an ugly shot but it got a uh, Got in nonetheless, breaks his duck uh, right past Peacock Farrell and uh, 2 nothing. That would be all the Azzurri would need. Uh, nice, comfortable lead going into halftime. And then uh, there was, you know, some it, Northern Ireland started putting pressure in the second half. Uh, one of the ones I really want to focus in on in the second half, and it came around the 50th, 60th minute or so. Uh, Manu Locatelli, a guy who we've been very high on, right? We've we, the, the Sassuolo guys in general we've been high on, but Locatelli, you know, someone we thought who could probably take maybe Verratti's spot uh, in the Azzurri in, in, in terms of the, the, the starting 11. Uh, he had a terrible giveaway. Donnarumma gave it to him. He tries to give it back to Donnarumma. Ends up being a turnover. Luckily, Donnarumma was uh, paying attention and made a big save. But that could have been uh, disastrous had they scored that. Uh, and then who knows what happens when it's when it's game on at that point. But um, you know, overall he played well, I think. But that mistake, uh, he had to learn quickly. And he did. I think he did overall. You know, in the two games, learn from that mistake. But uh, not the turnover you want to do. At least it was to Northern Ireland. It wasn't to a bigger, bigger club. I mean, that's really the only way Northern Ireland were going to get any 
dangerous yep. chances in this game was as if Italy got sloppy in possession. Uh, and I think in the second half they did immensely. Um, I agree about Steve. What he said, Spinazzola had you know probably the best first half left back in a long time. I Spinazzola, I thought stood out for me as in the well. Bulgaria game. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, um, I uh, you know because you look at this Northern Ireland team and there's no creativity to them. No, nope. I mean the midfielders. Davis is an industrious guy. He's a worker. Um, he's not a guy that you're looking to, you know, that's going to unlock anybody. He's not a guy that's going to break you with his passing. Isn't he um, like 56 too? He's not, he's not young anymore. So he's, he's played have for a, a while. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so Northern Ireland were, you know, going to hoof it forward and hope these two guys, White and McGinnis could get under it. Yep. I mean, really their, their, their best, their, their most creative guy is Dallas. Yeah. Uh, for, who plays for Leeds United? Who plays his club ball for Leeds United? So the only way that Northern Ireland was going to get j- dangerous was if Italy got careless. And there were moments where in the second half where Italy got careless. Yeah. Um. You know, giving away possession, uh, giving away possession in some really strange spots. You know, I think Italy has to count their blessings. Donnarumma had to come up with three saves in the second half. Um. Yeah. And uh, that's not something with a two 0 lead that you expect from an Italy team. Uh, you expect that, <laughs> like I said, you expect that game management. You expect that, um, you know, you know, being able to sort this out, and then maybe even getting a third goal, which is what we've seen under Mancini. So, um, so yeah, it was uh, it was a struggle watching them play in the second half. I thought that there were that there were some concerns. I thought that Locatelli was very good in the first half. I think he faded out in the second half and rightly got subbed. Yeah. Um, you know, so Steve, I, I, I agree with you to an extent. Um, Pellegrini, I'm still not sold on in the Itzuri setup. Marco Verratti is going to just be a constant, and I thought he was very good in this game. Um, you know, so yeah. he, he was one of the guys that was actually trying to connect things. There wasn't a whole lot of danger from him going forward, um, but it was kind of a you know a composed you know Marco Verratti kind of performance in this game where I thought you know Locatelli petered out as the game went on uh and and Pellegrini I just this isn't it for him I mean we talk about guys that just tactically don't fit Mm -hmm. um you know in certain spots and we talked about this last week when we talked about Roma against Napoli you know Pellegrini's a a 10 he's kind of a you know closer to the forward type player I don't know if he's a midfielder in a three-man midfield um and and it looked like he had his issues Right. We'll get to Barella when we talk about the Bulgaria game. Yeah, I uh, you know I think I agree with you. I think it's it, Pellegrini's another one of these guys who just doesn't fit the the four three three setup that Mancini likes to run. Um, so it's it, he has to find a way to get adapted, or Mancini needs to find a way to adapt him to the system. I think we maybe saw that with Chiesa in the second game, how he's starting to find a way to, to implement him in the lineup. But um, what we did see is you know guys like Berardi, who who's used to this kind of lineup, really you know. Uh, blossom in, in in the last couple of games, um, Pellegrini struggled, and and you know while his while he struggled in this game, he's not used to this kind of formation. His you know you know his counterpart to Steve's credit 
you know did have a did have a good uh good showing i think in, in these two game and a half that he played or whatever it was so um yeah it, it's going to be difficult for them these guys are not out of the woods by any stretch they, they still have plenty of opportunities to uh, stake their claim in, on the team uh the strikers we talked about last night on, on the couch connection uh with jerry and alex you know we said that you know it's, it's a wide open position right now i mean yeah. uh, nobody really has staked the claim yet they all have opportunities um and the same thing you could be said with Pellegrini. You know, yes, they have you know three, arguably four, you know, top you know center midfielders, but there's still opportunity. And you know, and if it's a long tournament, if it's injuries come up, COVID comes up, you you're gonna rely on these guys like Pellegrini. You're gonna need him to get adjusted to the system so that he can perform when he's called on. Yep. So, and, and this was an opportunity for some midfielders here, um, you know, to step up with the absence of Jorginho. Because, I mean, when Jorginho's yeah. fit, he's in the middle of that midfield three. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's a player that Italy missed, especially in the second half of this game, um, to be able to trust his ability to pass, his ability to kind of dictate things from a deep-lying position, help Italy keep the ball, not give anything away cheaply. And I think that that was something that Italy were having issues with in the second half. Yeah. Um, you know, so when you don't have – Jorginho out there it does uh it does create some issues um it was it was a great it was a great opportunity for guys like Locatelli and Pellegrini to step up and I thought Locatelli did like I said I think that phased out as the game went on um so but put himself in as a contender uh if if Italy is is in a pinch uh for that position but it's You know, after that game, I came away saying that's that's still Jorginho's role when he's healthy. So. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be hard to supplant um, Barella and Jorginho. I think if it's going to be hard for all all three guys, right? Because when all three guys are on, they're they're formidable, right? But I sure. think if the the least consistent of the three, I think would probably be Verratti because uh, we've seen how he's done, at least the PSG, you know, with, with, with the Azzurri, he's been good. So uh, it, 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 it'll it be interesting. You know, somebody has to step up. It's not going to be given to them. They have to earn it. Um, you know, Locatelli looks the most promising, but who knows? You never know. You know, with some of the guys, Pessina, uh, you know, um, uh, Locatelli, like we mentioned, uh, and so some others, they, they have the opportunity there, but uh, we'll, we'll see. Yep. Um Chiesa looked like he didn't understand what Mancini wanted on the right wing. That's a bit of a problem. Steve, we're going to talk about Chiesa here as we break down what happened with Bulgaria and Italy. So, uh, Richard, uh, Mancini went ahead and rang in a few changes from the win over Northern Ireland. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. One, two, three, four, uh, six to be exact. Uh, it was Donnarumma in goal. Forenzi still on the right. Bonucci still at the center back, but Acerbi partnering him this time. Spinazzola at left back. Uh, midfield, Verratti kept his role. Uh, Sensi replaced Locatelli, <laughs> and then Nicolo Barella replaced Pellegrini. And then the front three, Insigne, this time Andrea Bellotti and not Ciro Immobile. And then Federico Chiesa uh, on the right wing. Um, you know, when you have these international games every three days, you, you got to have some rotation. And, um, the guys that Mancini can call on. I mean, Italy has really got a deep squad, uh, and they can they can usher out the six six guys that played in the Northern Ireland Northern Ireland game, bring in six guys here against Bulgaria, and and possibly in certain spots be better, but uh, certainly not miss a beat. Yeah, and you know, it, they, there's plenty of depth with the Azzurri, uh, no doubt about that. Now, are they all adjusted to Mancini's system? No, but. Uh, they have certainly a plethora of talent that they could use on on pretty much all positions, right? They have backups for everything. 
Um, so, yeah, no, it, was, it was nice to see, you know, some of these guys, you know, Belotti, you knew Belotti was going to get a chance after Mobile. Um Chiesa certainly was going to get a sniff, especially after his, you know, his great season that he's having so far. Um, and then Sen- good to see Sensi back, you know, a guy who's been riddled with injuries. Uh, you never know whether when he comes on the pitch if he's going to get injured again or he's going to have an outstanding performance, right? Uh, so it, it, it's a mixed bag with him. And then, you know, um, good to see Acerbi because, you know, we talked about maybe Acerbi being one of the staples for the center backs, you know, going forward uh, in the big tournaments. But so it was good to see him, you know, paired up with Benucci. Benucci, who's more of a, a passer like we've mentioned before. And, and Acerbi's more the, the, the tactician, uh, plays those angles right. He's a hard-nosed guy. Uh, really, really a hard defender to play against. I mean, ask any striker in the league. So uh, it was a good lineup overall. And like I said, it's uh, the pleasures of having so much depth on a team that uh, not many teams can uh, can boast about. Sure. Um, Bulgaria comes back with Plamen Ilyev in goal. Uh, they played a back three, Valentin Antov, Daniel Dimov, and Vasil Boshikov. Uh, the Cicinho was uh, on the right wing back. Uh Svetanov on the left wing back, uh, Chochev, Vitanov, and Kostadinov in midfield. Kostadinov, I remember, I think his dad was was on the 94. Uh, mm, World I Cup think team so. Reached yeah. the semifinals. Um, and then up front you had uh, Spas Delev. And then, of course, uh, a guy that we're familiar with, Andrei Galabinov, um, who plies his trade at Spezia. So, and it was actually Galabinov got free early in the game, mm-hmm. uh, put a shot on target, one that Donnarumma wasn't terribly bothered by. So, you know, he was certainly going to be the danger man of any kind, but it's it's you it, it's going to be aerial with him, um, you know, more than anything. And his his height and his presence was one guy that I was concerned about when I saw Bulgaria's lineup, especially with Bonucci's penchant to lose people in crossing situations. So, um, yeah, just a wee bit. So, um, the uh, so. This game was Italy just completely controlled the possession of the ball. I mean that that shot on target early in the game from Galabinov was their only chance, and then um, I mean there was hardly any incident in this first half. It was it was just blah for me. Yeah, um, it was. You know, you know, I, I saw some some comments in the chat about Spinazzola. He was extremely active on the left hand side. I thought he was I thought he was very good. Berardi had good, had a good game overall, I think. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you. It wasn't but- much. Belotti, uh, yeah, sorry, Belotti. Yeah. Belotti was a. Uh, I'm thinking about Berardi, obviously. Uh, Belotti was having a, a, a lot of we're on, opportunities. We're on the Bulgaria game, Richard. You got your. I, uh, your I know. Your all the bees, they all sound the same. Bonucci, Berardi, Belotti. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, exactly. So, so I, you know, and I was impressed with uh, with Stefano Sensi. Uh, you know, in the first half, I thought that yeah. you know, considering that he is not. Seen a lot of game time, uh, you know, for Inter and coming back uh, and, and being able to get a put in a quality shift in this game. I thought that uh, I thought that he was solid. He didn't certainly didn't hurt Italy in this game. So no, we'll and we we more. thought of the two games that we you know that, that happened this week. Bulgaria was going to be the difficult, more difficult of the two games, just because they're a little bit better quality of an opponent as opposed to Northern Ireland. So uh, it did not. I mean, it was kind of how we expected it to be. Both games really. Uh, and it was a blah game, but mostly because, you know, it wasn't much. You know, we missed opportunities for sure, but yep. Bulgaria, you know, had something to do with that as well. So, yep. Italy get the penalty uh, just before halftime. Andrea Bellotti in the 43rd minute, yeah. uh, converting that penalty after he was fouled in the penalty area. Um, second half, Mancini rang in many changes. Uh, around the 68th minute, 
Di Lorenzo comes on for Florenzi. Manuel Locatelli comes on for Sensi. Um, and then in the 75th minute, Chiro Immobile in for Andrea Bellotti. And then Benedeschi uh, replacing Chiesa. It was mm-hmm. the 82nd minute where Manuel Locatelli would score. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, played by Insigne. Uh, and that uh, sealed it for the Italians. A, a, a much more convincing second half from them. Um, less possession, but more quality in their chances. They outshot Bulgaria 14 to two in the second half, outshot them eight to one in the first half, but they got five on yeah. target. Um, they outshoot Bulgaria 22 to three in this game overall. So, you know, controlled performance from the Azzurri. Um, and then more importantly, I thought, um, I thought that they were, much more composed um, that they played our own midfield out of the game. I don't know about that, uh, Steve. Um, I don't, I, you know, I don't know about that. I thought that uh, I thought that Italy's midfield were solid. I mean, if you're going to play the other team's midfield out of the game, it's got to be backed up with chances and creating chances. And I, I see three shots from Bulgaria. So did they do some solid things? Did they win? Were they strong on the tackle? Yeah. Did they connect some passes through the midfield? Yeah. But I don't think they. I, I don't think they bossed Italy's midfield three. Not not by a long shot. Um, you know, back it up with some chance creation, and, and they didn't do that. You know, so and a lot of that was I think Italy's shape, Italy's organization. They really didn't give anything cheap away, and they didn't really give anything cheap away against Northern Ireland when they were set up in defensive situations. I think that Northern Ireland got their chances out of Italy just, uh, you know, losing possession a little too cheaply. So uh, takes on what you saw against Bulgaria here. I think, uh, I mean, obviously it started out very difficult for the uh, for the Azzurri. I think they... They got lucky with that with that penalty call. I think it was a little bit of a weak call against Belotti, but they scored nonetheless, and I think that really helped them uh, to propel them going into the second half, and then it's coming out in the second half and played much better, as you mentioned, with with the amount of shots that they had uh, that they created. Uh, so I mean, overall, they deserved the win. Uh, you know, we, we thought it'd be a one, maybe two goal victory against Bulgaria, um, and and it was it was kind of how we thought it was going to be. It wasn't. Was it the greatest game in the world? No, but uh, they got the job done. We mentioned at the beginning of this that it was two ugly games. It, it certainly was, and they found yeah. ways to win. Um, what now I want to see going into this Lithuania match is I want to see, you know, we were talking about what do you want to see, a, a team that's convincing or a team that's playing ugly? I want to see them play convincing against Lithuania because they should, frankly, compared to uh, Northern Ireland and, and Bulgaria. This is uh, even lesser quality of an opponent, so they should put up goals easier, I hope. I hope. <laughs> Well, this is this is arguably the worst team in the group. Correct. Um, in Lithuania, Switzerland could only beat them one nil. Um, and uh, let me just take let's you know we'll t- let me take a quick peek at this. Uh, in that game between Switzerland, and Lith- Switzerland had sixty nine percent possession, outshot Lithuania twenty one to four, had nine shots on target. So this goalkeeper played uh, played on his head. Um, Shakiri got the goal two minutes into the game, and it's look like it looks like Switzerland spent the whole game just looking at this statistically, you know, peppering Lithuania's net and just couldn't get more than the one goal that they got. But that's yeah. that's kind of Switzerland for you. Um, mm-hmm. Steve's clarifying Bonucci and Florenzi trying a long ball played our own midfield out of the offensive side of the game. And the, the one ball that Bonucci played that Bologna should have scored, yeah, yeah. But if you've got that skill set 
Why not? I mean, don't do it all the time to the point where you're predictable. But yeah, I I don't mind seeing our defenders mix that in. So yeah, the best teams will will mix it up, right? If you do the same thing over and over again, the, the good teams are going to run you off the course or uh, running off the pitch, I should say. Uh, yeah. So you need you need to work on a, a team against like Bulgaria is when you want to try these things out, right? You know, these long balls, these these things that you don't normally do. So that way you can when you play the bigger opponents, you can add all the stuff. You have this stuff in your bag that you can really throw in there and really surprise the opponent. So. Um, yeah, I mean, some of the passes, like that pass to Belotti was, was fantastic. But, you know, the other ones, I think, really, you know, took the, the midfield out of that game in, in that sense. So, yeah, I agree with that by Steve. So, All right, let's address some things here as, as far as players, okay. um, you know, over these couple of games, Richard. Uh, let's start with – let's start with the center backs. Uh Bonucci and Atterbi or or Bonucci and Chiellini. I I am I'm, I'm with the latter. I like I like Bonucci and Atterbi. Uh yeah, in the national team setup. And I mean it's close. You know, Bonucci and Chiellini have played together forever and that's that's the obvious connection, but I think Atterbi just gives some you know some control and some balance and he's, you know, more dynamic. Chiellini's like in the autumn of his career. You know, and, and there's some things he can do. He can get into a street fight with someone like Lukaku, like he like they did in the in the Derby d'Italia back in January. But then that's about it. That's what he's good for, you know. Yeah. But uh, Acherbi certainly has a lot more that he offers to his skill set. What, what say you about the center backs? Well, neither of the pairings are my ideal pairings, right? Maybe Acherbi's in that mix, but not uh, not Bonucci and Chiellini. But you know, between the two that we saw, um, I agree with you. I think you know seeing Acherbi in there would be would be better. I think you know if you're in a game tight game where you need to bring on another defender, I think Chiellini is absolutely the guy to bring in, especially with his uh, experience and his his street fighting ability. Uh, it's somebody you really want to close out a game. But you know, in, ter- in terms of the long game overall. Uh, I think a Cherby is probably the better mix to have in there, just because he can do a little bit more. Uh, especially he's a little bit younger, and uh, yeah, he 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 makes a he keeps it calm back there for when Banucci does his his thing. Sometimes you know, uh, not not that Kilani can't do it, but like you mentioned, Kilani uh, is in the autumn or even the winter of his career. So you know, it's a Cherby can keep in the game more often and not, maybe not get his maybe has a little bit more pace than Kilani, the Kilani can offer as well. So yep, a little bit uh, more. The fullbacks uh, has I, I'm going to Leonardo Spinazzola is clearly in the lead for me at left back yes. um, from his performance against Bulgaria because uh, I think fullbacks were a question coming in coming into this as well. We talked about that being something that we're not totally sold on. Yeah. It's I think on the right side it's Florenzi by default unless somehow Calabria is fit and able to play. Uh, with the national team, to which uh, Jerry in the chat is asking, does Calabria's injury hurt his chances of playing with Italy in the summer? I think it does. I mean, I mean, not to say that anybody else is playing lights out, right? No, they're not. I think uh, if if Calabria was healthy and he got his opportunity, I think he really could could shine and make it make it his own. But unfortunately, he's not going to have that opportunity right now. And um, you know, who knows if Florenzi, who has the experience, uh, gets hot, or or if Di Lorenzo starts playing really well, any of them can take the position. And, and Mancini, he does have his favorites, you know, at times. And when if he fi- if he finds a, finds a player that he likes and if it, it suits his system the way he thinks it should run, he's gonna keep going with that person, that player, right? So um, it does hurt his chances because uh, I think Calabria would be the ideal choice for right back um, over the other two. But um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, it, 
it's certainly not in his favor with that injury, right? He's got to be third easily behind uh, Florenzi and then Di Lorenzo, but well, we'll see. I mean, time will tell. Let me let me let me throw a just a a wild card left back scenario. Left back, okay. Alessandro Bastoni as a as somebody that can hybrid over there. Now, now hear me out. Okay. Um, Italy um, did this with Chiellini. Yeah. And, you, you know where, and the reason why I like it is. Now you might give Insigne a little more freedom to stay high. You know, so that when you win the ball in defensive situations, now not only do you have a, a, a striker, whether it's Immobile or Belotti or whoever to play out to, but you also have Insigne as another outlet. And that could potentially put some more pressure on the opponent. Not to mention Bastoni might at his age, with you know, comparing him to um, Bastoni's going to make the team as a center back. I'm Steven. I'm just completely speaking on a on let a him wild, speak on a wild card scenario. <laughs> you know where Insigne has a little bit more freedom and doesn't have to track back as much because of Bastoni's defensive qualities. But the other thing is, is that Bastoni's pretty technical. He can mm-hmm. he can serve a ball when 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 asked to. He, yeah. He's he's got good passing technique. I I don't necessarily hate the idea. I, Mancini will never do it. But what do you think of that as a what do you think of that as an option? Backed into a corner and with uh, options limited, I think that's a fantastic option. I mean, if Spinazzolo goes down injured or is playing really poor, same thing with Emerson. I mean, yeah, if, if bring in Bastoni because he he's certainly versatile enough to do that. But I think for the facts, the points that you just mentioned about the qualities he has, I think it makes him a perfect pairing for a Cherby, uh because he he is an upgrade from Banucci. Uh, he can do the long ball. We've seen the long ball from um, Bastoni this season. Some really great passes from deep with Inter. Uh, so we know he has that in his bag as well. And I think yeah, with his speed and his youthful exuberance, uh, would really be a great complement to a Cherby. Uh, but uh, with that said, like I said, if, if the circumstances fit, I can see that working. Um, or even if it came to you know crunch time in a game and you really want to tighten down that left back because they're, they're, the right wing is tearing you up, you bring in Bastoni, it would help out tremendously. I assume Frank Kessie's not available, so that's why we can't uh, call on him. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, playing, he's playing for Ivory Coast. So you see the referee in that Ivory Coast Ethiopia World Cup qualifier, the referee fainted. No, no, I didn't see that. Like he I had to be carried out on a stretcher. Like he, Jeez. Yeah, he was he was struggling. And then he's watching the basketball game before coming on here, the Gonzaga game. The, the referee in that game passed out and hit the back of his head against the floor. He had to be stretched out, and I don't know if that was a dehydration issue or if there's something else. So, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's just a thought. I think right now it's Pinatola there at the left back position. Yeah. Um, I thought Nicola Barella was disappointing against Bulgaria. Sure. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, he's it wasn't his uh, normal self that we were used to seeing but i mean it, it could be anything any matter of things with that right so i'm not too worried about it right now i think uh he is a big game player he's shown that both in, in club and country uh so you know unless he has a massive fallout uh and some bigger game coming up uh I, I don't see that being a problem but yeah you know anytime you see him or anybody who you're used to watching play very well uh have a down game you're like well, what's going on here but you know you got to give it give it 
give it credit that it's probably just a down game. Um, if he, you know, if he plays against uh, Lithuania and does that again, maybe I'll get a little bit more worried, right? But yep. uh, it's just an off game. Now, if it's uh, anybody else, maybe who is not as consistent, maybe it's Bernadeski. I'd be like, oh, it's normal, right? So is it a is it a product of he's playing too many games for his club and he might be wearing down? It's it's possible because the the amount of fixtures that the that all the teams have been playing is a lot, and Barella is one of the key players for uh, both Yazuri yeah, and and Inter. Obviously, Inter uh, he's he's the main one of the main cogs for the for that team to get them running while they're in first place. Uh, so that is that is a possibility, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, we'll see. I mean, with the, with the rotation that the Azuri can provide, um, if it were to become an issue that Mancini would spot right away. I think you know we have a, a lot of talent in that midfield that they can give him a rest, uh, but he's, he's still got to be choice number one. True or false, Italy's uh, best three-man midfield is still Barella, Jorginho, Verratti. <laughs> Phil says maybe Conte told him to take it easy. Um, yes, I mean... If Locatelli played lights out those two, two games that uh, that we just saw, I would maybe say it's maybe not. So I, I give a slight advantage to the the, the trio of Jorginho, Verratti, and and Barella. Um, the close one B would be for me is Locatelli in slot of uh, Verratti. But um, yeah, the 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 main three I think are still the 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 midfield ch- uh, trio to go with. What about you? I, I agree. I think it's true. I think you got Jorginho, who can help Italy keep the ball in deep-lying positions, plays with great range. Um, Barella is your worker that can go box-to-box. We talk about it all the time. I mean, the role, this, the formation's different, but the role really isn't different for him uh, with those guys in there. And then Verratti can play a little bit higher, you know, to the left of Jorginho. Uh, and can really be dangerous with his passing ability, uh, being able to split defenders, being able to you know play play the striker in, being able to play in his uh, you know the, the two wide forwards. So um, you know, for me, I haven't seen anything from Pellegrini, Locatelli, Sensi um, that tells me that they have stepped up and taken one of these spots. I still think that's yeah. our midfield three. Yeah, yeah, so. for sure. And now, finally, uh, striker. I mean, let's just say this. What about right wing? What about right wing? Oh, we can talk. Yeah, right wing too. But left wing, I think we it's it's Lorenzo Insigne, and that's it. Done. Done. Um, Let's go right wing. Uh, I I think that after how he performed against Northern Ireland, I think Domenico Berardi continues to put himself ahead. I think that Chiesa. It's a str- it continues to be a struggle for him, and I don't think Benedeschi sees enough game action for his club to warrant being a starter. Yeah, and I think uh, I think it was Steve who made a comment in the chat about Zaniola. Here he goes. He says if, if Zaniola would be healthy, major decisions for Mancini. I think yes. I think he would add an element to that right wing position uh, between him and Barardi. I think you know Chiesa. You still want him in the team, obviously, because yeah. what he's doing in Serie A could eventually translate to Azzurri, and you could find him somewhere else. He could play left wing and wherever, right? Um, but I think you know of all the players we've seen at right wing. Berardi is the only one that's really stepped up and started, you know, taking the, the bull by the horns, so to speak. I mean, he's, he was creating a lot of chances in that Northern Ireland match. So, um, yeah, it's got to be him and you know Bernadeschi as well. He has he's at times he has. I would I would put Bernadeschi slightly ahead of Chiesa at the moment for the Azzurri. Mm. 
just because he's had better games for the Azzurri than Chiesa has. Yep. Um, but uh, the potential, I think, with Chiesa is is sky high, especially the way this season's going. So, yeah, it's Berardi and then Chiesa for me. And then, you know, if Zaniolo's in the mix, which I don't want to see in the mix just because I love the player, but he's Mr. Glass. Uh, yeah. I know that because I'm Mr. Glass as well. So uh, I don't want to see him get injured again. You know, save his legs. Let him have a long career. You know, if Berardi continues to play the way he can and Chiesa steps up, I think we'll be good at right wing. But um, you know, having Zaniolo, a healthy Zaniolo, a truly healthy Zaniolo yeah. would be a nice compliment, I think. Yep. Um, would you prefer Zaniolo on the wing? or t- I, I want him on the wing. I want his yeah. pace yeah. And, but, and his ability to go at some... With this formation, absolutely. Yeah, on the in wing, this formation. The far, far better in a wider area. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> for me, here's the problem with Chiesa. He's playing in a higher position on the national team that I just don't think makes the best use of his talents and his skill set. Um, you look at why he was successful at Fiorentina and then subsequently now at Juve. He played out of he comes out of a wide midfield position or he comes out of a you know centrally wide midfield position. You know, with with Fiorentina they had him playing right wing back for a while and you thought it was silly and you're just like, all right, what's going on here? But then you saw some games and you saw he performed. It made sense. He is very good at getting into the spaces that the guys in front of him are leaving behind mm-hmm. and getting himself into position. He thrives on that. He's excellent at that. So if you put him up front in the front three, he can't do that. He's now got to make those runs that, you know, that that's leaving room for a Barella to come forward or for a Verratti to come yeah. forward. So if you play him in a high position, he he looks like he's having issues with knowing where to go, yeah. um, and he can't use some of that dynamism. You know, forward coming out of the midfield, running with the ball forwards are making runs and stretching defenders. He, you know, his when he's coming forward from the midfield with the ball, he's forcing defenders into decisions. Do I go for a tackle here, or do I have to just, or do I stay with my defender? He creates those two v one situations that we always are looking for, you know, on the pitch. We, he, he's he's creating those numbers up problems. He can't do that in a forward position. Uh, and that's where I see the struggle right now with him in the national team. I wonder if if he gains enough of Mancini's confidence where Mancini says, you know, I'm going to take the reins off of your positional uh, ex- expectations and let's Chiesa maybe drift deeper as opposed to sitting up so high, again in between that, you know, the the midfield three and where where he where he's supposed to be lining up, maybe he can find some room then there where he can create some opportunities. But I think that'd be the only way he could really thrive in this four three three formation because, as you mentioned, you know, when he's so high up on the pitch and gets you know really stuck up in that right corner, it, it it's not effective for what he normally does. Right. Um, there's times in games, yes, when he can do that, but not when it's, that's his main position in the game. And so, yeah, it's going to be difficult for him. I think if he and Mancini can figure out a way to get him to be successful in this in this formation it'll make him a better player overall so would you put him in Barella's spot in the midfield it's worth a try because I was thinking that when you were talking about it, I was like it could it, it's certainly an um I would give it a go for sure maybe Lithuania is the team to try it against right yeah. um it's it's it gives him more time to run he can run behind some of the, the attackers in that in the empty space that you mentioned 
Um, but it wouldn't be something that I would see like permanently. Like with the way Chiesa has been playing this season, you almost want to see him in a starting eleven role, and I wouldn't want to see him take Burla's spot or anybody in the midfield at the moment. So, but yeah, I would certainly absolutely try just to see what happens. You never know. Maybe he becomes a freaking monster for the Azzurri doing that, right? But then, then you really have questions with that midfield. So, uh, yeah, why not give it a try for against a lesser opponent and then uh, yeah, see how it goes. Yeah, it's it's a risk. I mean, I think it's something that you would try to do if it was you, you needed a goal late in the game and you don't play him from the start and then the last 12 minutes, it's like, yeah. all right, yeah, let's... Or or even put him in for Verratti and, mm. um, you know, have him play, have him come back and fall into the midfield shape, but when Italy can win it and go forward, he's the guy that just really confuses things for the opposing defense yeah. with the runs that the front three are making and then he's coming in behind. Yeah. Um, so, but from a front three perspective, it's it it just looks it just looks weird with him. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it, 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 there there are moments where it just looks like he doesn't know where to run. Um, now, he'll make up for it at times with good technical quality um, on the ball, but it's it's yeah, it's not a. It, not as natural for him. I like him coming out of the midfield and attacking behind the, getting in and getting in positions behind the forwards, not necessarily being a forward himself. So that's an interesting one. Yep. And finally, striker. Uh, Immobile gets a goal. Um, he gets it. You know, we all have kind of been very <laughs> as happy as we are for him. He, you know, um, he's, he scores. He beats Peacock Farrell at the near post. We think a better goalkeeper probably deals with that. But, you know, when you're having form issues, you'll take anything. We talked about that last night. You'll take you'll take anything that you can get yeah. uh, for goals to get you back on the upswing. Um, Belotti gets a penalty. Uh, missed a very good chance in the second half. Um, statistically, Immobile played well against Northern Ireland. Missed a couple of big chances. Mm -hmm. uh, do you come away with the definitive answer for who the striker should be for the Azzurri when we go into the Euros? I don't have a definitive answer at the moment because I think neither guy, no one of the, you know, him, uh, Immobile, Belotti, uh, Caputo, we haven't seen as much of. Uh, Moise Kane, you haven't seen much of really who could play striker. We've seen him play really well this year for PSG. Um, none of these guys have really stood out for the Azzurri yet. And, uh, you know, yeah, it's great that Mobile scored a goal. He breaks his duck. You know, ask any striker. If you're or if you're clamoring for goals and you get any kind of goal, you'll take it because that could eventually open the waters, right? That could happen. Yeah. Uh, there's rumors that he may be starting against uh, Lithuania. So we'll see what happens, right? Does it have a chain reaction and, and lead to more goals? That is the team that you're probably going to get a lot of goals against. But um, we'll, we'll see. And I, there's no front runner for me. They're pretty much all on par at the moment. You know, if you're looking at base solely on the formation, which you really shouldn't do always, but in this situation, I think, you know, Caputo would fit the best. We've talked about that numerous times. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the two frontrunners seem to be Immobile and Belotti. Um, you know, but Immobile is the, the probably the purest striker, one of the purest strikers in Serie A, no doubt yeah. about it, and maybe even Europe. Uh, and then Belotti is a more complete striker. I, I would favor the more complete striker, but honestly, and we talked about this on the Calcio Connection last night, I don't give a damn who 
who it is. As long as you perform, I'd rather all the guys be performing. So you just plug and play, and it's like Atalanta, right? Just plug and play, and as long as you do well, that's all that matters. Yeah, that's the same thing with the Azzurri. You know, when it comes to the Azzurri, forget the club team. It's all about the about the country, and long everybody does, everybody has to do a good job, and that's the most important thing for me. So we'll see. It's it's not a clear cut winner for me at the moment. How about you? We don't have it. We don't have a striker yet. Yep. Um, we don't, uh, and. I think that Immobile probably edged ahead ever so slightly here. Um, I mean, the, yeah. the the gap isn't noticeable, though. Sure. Um, it isn't obvious. And I'm, I'm with you and I'm with, 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 with Tyler here. We all talked about it. We've, we've been talking about it for a long time, that Caputo, fit-wise, would be the best answer. I mean, now, but he can't stay fit. That's the issue. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Um, you know, and... And I think that's going to hurt his chances of making this team. So Steve has a good point where he says, you know, it's kind of what we're talking about. You know, we have a problem with striker. I think, though, you know, the way our midfield players are, the, 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 the top three guys, and even even um, Locatelli, and then the way Barardi's been playing, you know, recently, and then the way Insigne is capable of playing, you have, you know, five guys who can really create opportunities and create chances. Yeah. Honestly, whoever playing striker, any of these guys are playing striker, they should be able to put the ball in the back of the net. Now, now all both these guys, Immobile and Belotti, they missed some quality opportunities in the game, uh, in their games that they played. But I think what's promising, even though the striker position is still looking like a problem for us, mm-hmm. the emergence of a right wing now possibly. Obviously, we have the midfield and then Signe. I mean, that that boasts that a lot of opportunities can be coming, and hopefully, the the poaching ability from both these these strikers and even Caputo. Hopefully, yeah. you know, they have enough that they can just sniff out some goals like Inzaghi used to do back in the day. Well, here's the other thing, you know, when you think about it, when you talk about, you know, if you make the argument for a fit uh, Francesco Caputo in this conversation, the reason why you do it is because, you know, not only does he fit, he's a striker in a 4-3-3 system that Mancini likes to play. He's a striker in a system that Sassuolo, they want the ball yeah. and they have possession and they play against teams that pack it in against them. Um, and, you know, force them to, you know, just basically bunker down. You know, where do Immobile and Belotti get a lot of their goals? They get them in counters. Yeah. Okay. They get them where there's space. They get them where in moments where opposing defenses are stretched. Okay. So now you're throwing them into a striker in a 4-3-3, and we're getting into games like this against Northern Ireland and Bulgaria um, who are playing far more compact, who are letting us have the ball and it's different for them. There's, they can't find the room, uh, you know, when they're, you know, they're not as clinical. They're not getting into those dangerous areas where balls can be played into them. They're, they're not finding the little half spaces. And then when they get the ball, they're not taking the half chances that are there. They're used to, you know, environments and based on how their teams play, where they're far better going the other way. You know, they're far better on the counter where the opponent is completely loosened up um, and and they can take advantage of that and they can attack those spaces and score. Now they're running into crowds and and they're finding some issues. You know, Caputo has, by comparison, been on Sassuolo teams that have had to try to solve that problem quite a bit. Yeah. So... You know, that's another thing. That's just another wrinkle that you can throw into it when you look at it tactically. It's it's you're taking strikers that are used to a similar, you know, have similar qualities and are used to scoring in a similar way. And now you're putting them into something 
mm-hmm. you know, totally different that they're not used to. I think we talk about this a lot about different different scenarios and the trend, right? Watch the trend. The trend is our friend. Uh, the one thing I've noticed, at least in terms of the striker position for the Azzurri, um, while both Immobile and Belotti have been getting, you know, their fair share of games. And, and Belotti has a slight, slight advantage in terms of goals overall. Uh, yeah. I think he's, he's like in the top five now in goals for the Azzurri in um, away games or something like that. So, yeah. But the, the the key thing for me, the trend for me is that Mancini isn't, doesn't trust Immobile just yet. And all the big games that Mancini's managed for the Azzurri, Immobile has never started. I think maybe started a couple game, a couple of those yeah. games. It's majority of the time been Belotti, yeah. um, and and Immobile, if he's even used at all, it's coming in as a substitute. Uh, most t- some of the times he's even not even played at all, not even featured. Yeah. So he has to win the the trust from Mancini first, which is obvious. Um, and if he can do it in these games where it's not as a uh, critical game, where it's not quite in the tournament yet. Um, that's the time to, for him to, to steal it. It's below, it, Immobile can certainly win this position, but he has to earn it. He's not going to be given this thing. If, if Right now we're talking about giving it. If it's season, the tournament started today, it's Belotti. I, 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 I can almost guarantee that. Okay. Okay. And I don't have a problem with that. I mean, but the other thing is that, you know, when you talk about the striker situation here in Italy, I mean, you go back to some of these competitions where Italy were successful. I mean, you know, and by successful, I mean winning. Yeah. Think about all of them, and Italy's best striker, like club striker, mm-hmm. was he? Where? When was the last time Italy's best club striker was prominent in leading Italy to a major championship? A long time uh, as Italy's striker, 1982, Paolo Rossi. Yep. Okay. So 1994, Giuseppe Signori was Italy's best was was club football's best in, in Italy, as far as Italian strikers in Serie A, he was the best. Yep. You know, playing for Lazio was hardly used in Saki's four four two. I mean, there were moments. I think he there were moments where he used him, but he also trusted Masato to be the partner to uh, Baggio. Uh, trusted Casiraghi uh, to be the partner mm-hmm. to Baggio. You didn't see a whole lot of run in coming from uh, from Signore in those games. Uh, 2000, when they reached the uh, European final, uh, Del Vecchio started in the final. Okay, with uh, with Totti, with uh, Totti behind him, Alessandro Del Piero was the best club forward in Italy around that time, or was one of the best, and yeah. was hardly getting a look in. And then he, yeah, sadly, and I hate to bring up old wounds, I hate yeah. to open old wounds, but in that 2000 final, he showed you why. Uh, Dino Zoff didn't quite trust him. <laughs> Italy should have won that damn thing, if yeah. not for the two misses that he had. Um, 2006, it was a lot of Luca Toni, and Luca Toni was actually was actually strong. Uh, was he, was he Fiorentina at the time? Yeah, I think he was. I think he was. It was before he went to Bayern. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we put Del Piero in and fucked us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I was. I told you I was opening old wounds. No. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, so do we real do do we do we really have to have our best club strikers be the guy? No. Or do we have to? Or or why don't we just go with the guy that functionally fits? The one who scores goals. Yeah. Just go with the guy that fits functionally. Grazie, Nopelle. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. Well, prior, I'm kidding. To, <laughs> prior to 2016, Pavoletti was the leading Italian scorer. He didn't even call up. Yeah, Pele was playing for Southampton yep. in 2016 and was middling at best when he was playing with Southampton, but he was 
he was Conti's striker. Him and Ed, they're oh my. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, Conte is a world-class manager just for just alone. <laughs> for what just he for, did. Just for taking them and, and making them a quarterfinalist at a major international tournament. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's uh, it's crazy. Mm. So, uh, you know, and and we're not we're not you know when you do and, and this is the other misconception that you happen and you see this with with Calcio Twitter, um, and you see this with just you know casual fans of football. They said they this national national team should be your dream team, and that's just not the case. Okay, the manager of the national team needs to put together the team that he thinks is going to be the most functional. You go look at World Cup. You only need to look at three years ago and look at World Cup 2018. Deschamps didn't take Karim Benzema with him. Yeah, yeah. And France won the World Cup. He's arguably their best striker in this generation. Uh, and, yeah, he didn't even get a sniff. I mean, he didn't even, was even brought and they won the World Cup. So it's sure. about the fit. It's 100% about the fit. Uh, and I think that's why we haven't seen him for the Azuri, the, the main club striker being the, the main striker for the Azuri. It's the reason. It has to be the right fit. And I think right. the times that we've struggled and we've not done well, it's because we tried to make it fit when it doesn't work, you know? Right. Um, so trust in Mancini. He hasn't failed us yet, right? So uh, give him the keys and let him do what he thinks is best. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. So. Let's hope there is an answer to the striker uh, issue here for the Azzurri here before they enter Euro 2020 uh, here this summer. So uh, Lithuania coming up tomorrow. Uh, we'll probably see some degree of rotation. I think Di Lorenzo will start. Uh, looks like uh, if I'm, I'm, I'm looking at SofaScore's website um, and they're projecting a uh, Di Lorenzo, Bastoni, Acerbi, Palmieri back four, Barella, Locatelli, Pellegrini. And then Insigne, Immobile, and Bernardeschi. Poor, boy, they're going to poor Insigne. He's going to play every game, yeah. um, which is which is fine. Um, but I think some of this is compounded by the fact that Grifo would probably be the other guy that plays in that role, and he's out. Um, so I don't know who you could put there, unless you put Chiesa there, unless you put Chiesa there, and just. But then again, we here's what we talked. It's what we talked about, you know. He might just be a he might just be a paperweight up there. So, but it is Lithuania. It's a chance for him to work out some issues. So to that extent, it might not be a terrible idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, Lithuania last seen and their only uh, uh, qualifier lost uh, to Switzerland one nil in Switzerland. Interestingly enough, prior to that though, they got thumped by Kosovo in a friendly four nil. So, um, Italy should cruise through this I, i'm gonna go three nil here i'm not gonna go go nuts i don't i don't think they're putting on a five or six goal display no um, no i think it's they're not japan what, yeah i mean it's gonna be what you saw with the first two games they're not belgium's backups they're, no you know it's gonna be um these the what you saw with these previous two games they're gonna be in control of the game over the 90 minutes yeah. you may fall asleep for certain spells but they're gonna get a three nil win they're not going to be, and they're not going to be ashamed of it, and they're not going to apologize for it, and they're going to move on. Yeah, uh, I said from the beginning that it was probably going to be a three, maybe four, nothing scoreline in this one. I think uh, this is again. I want to be. I want to see convincing Azuri. Uh, I don't want to see you know what we saw the first two games. Well, the first two games was nice, and it's it's two opponents that we expected it to be difficult. This is a team that should be an, an easier game of it, and they, I expect to see at least three goals in this game, um, or I'm, I'm going to be disappointed, honestly. So. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Yep. 
The only guy that uh, I'm familiar with in this Lithuanian side that I have any kind of uh, Arvidas Novikovas, um, veteran midfielder, might be starting on the left-hand side. Uh, I believe he's currently playing in Turkey. Um, I can confirm that. Yep. Um, so for his club has played 28 games average. He plays about 66 minutes a game. He's got four goals, four assists, uh, for his club side. Um, so bit of a creator for them, uh, in nation's league duty with them, um, played and started all four games, scored twice. Um, didn't get any assists. So he's the, he's the danger man. If Lithuania has one, um, and uh, but but nothing that I think Italy is going to be terribly worried about. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. Should be so, a straight up match. Yeah, should be should be pretty straightforward for the Itzuri, but you never know. Yep. Uh, Portugal fell behind to Luxembourg today <laughs> before before going. Get, but Luxembourg actually have some players. Correct. You know they, they beat Ireland over the weekend too. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, so they're. Dark they're, gonna, they're not going to qualify, but they're not going to qualify. But they're going no. to be a big, big pain in the ass to everybody in that group this time around. Yeah, so. they're like uh, Spezia or, or, or who's the uh, other pain in the ass team in Serie? Uh, well, Genoa, right? Genoa. Yep, yep. They'll be organized. The goal, you know, they'll be organized and they'll have just enough quality. Yep. So. So that is our Azzurri Roundup uh, at City. I sit down on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, give us your thoughts on what you are seeing with the Azzurri, if you agree with our takes or if you think we're nuts. Um, and then the answer to that is yes. Yeah. Uh, to both. <laughs> all day. So, all day. Yep. All day. All right. So moving on now, Richard, uh, quick peek at uh, this Saturday. All uh, City teams are going to play Saturday. They always do this. They don't play mm-hmm. on Easter. Um, so all 10 games are going on on Saturday. Milan hosting Sampdoria. Atalanta hosting Udinese. Benevento hosting Parma. Caleri hosting Hellas Verona. Genoa hosts Fiorentina. Lazio Spezia. Napoli, Crotone, Sassuolo, Roma. Uh, Darby della Mole, Torino mm-hmm. and Juventus. And then Bologna taking on Inter. Yeah. At some... the, the Dell'Ara. So... Uh, where do you, uh, where, which one do you want to look at first? Uh, well, let's look at the biggest game of the weekend. It's going to be the Derby della Mole, uh, Torino and, and Juventus. You know, if you, fir- at first glance, you're going to be like, oh, Juventus should just walk all over them. Torino's been poor, but they've, they've had some games where they've been lively lately and, and it's a Derby, so anything can happen. Um, Juventus have not been in the best of forms of lately. Um, and so I expect this to be a lot closer than Juventini would like. Um, anything can happen. Obviously, you got you know some decent players on Torino. Whether they show up or not is the question. Uh, Juventus, they they obviously have a a, a, a very good lineup. Um, so I think it'll be very close in that game. I would not be surprised if it was a two-one game in this game. Um, and I would not be surprised to see an upset. I, honestly, I think it's that close of a game, uh, considering the, the forms of both these teams and and Juventus. They're obviously going to want to. Um, get back on the right track after recent results uh but uh yeah it's gonna be it's not gonna be a cakewalk i don't think this is not the best juventus team we've seen in a while and it's not the it's not it's obviously not the best torino but it's not the worst torino either so uh, it should be interesting they're playing with a little bit more discipline here under nicolo that's for sure do you think ronaldo plays he's been in every of these internationals for portugal 
I think he wants to win the Cup of Conniera. I think he will. <laughs> He'll find okay. a way. And he's a okay. big gaming player. He, he he likes to play these derby games. He gets up for them. Uh, it doesn't matter what kind of derby it is. And I oh, yeah, I expect him. I expect him to play. If not, okay. if not starting, he's going to be in the game at some point, though. Interesting. Um, I have interest in this Sassuolo Roma game. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that this could be a bit of a spectacle. Um, we'll see. Uh, I mean, Sassuolo just way behind in terms of any opportunity for a top six place, top even top seven for, for Europe. But let's see what they're made of here in this mm-hmm. run-in. Uh, they've got 11 games to play. Are they ready? Are they just going to hit the beach or are they going to want to have the opportunity to prove themselves to say, hey, if we can't finish in the top six, let's prove that we're as good as any of those teams. Um, I think this sets up nicely for Roma's counter. Yeah. But I also think with Sassuolo's possession and Roma's defensive ineptitude, <laughs> I think this game can see some goals. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with a draw. I'm going to go two, two. Uh, but I think this is, if you have to watch a game that does not involve your favorite team in Serie A this weekend, this would probably be the game for me to watch. Yeah, for sure. No, I agree about that. Um, I would like to see a goal fest. It seems like every time Tesla plays, that we expect a lot of goals. It hasn't happened of late. Uh, but I think you know, to your to your to your point, I think you know it's important for you know if they play Locatelli, Barardi, and even Caputo if he's healthy. I don't even know what his condition is right now. Um, I don't know if he's he got COVID or what, but. Um, it's important for them to play well down the stretch because they all are trying to, they're all vying for Azzurri positions, right? And so they want to keep that form going. And hopefully there's enough of these guys on that team to keep that momentum going and try to at least play out, play well, play the way they've been playing at the beginning of the season mm. and, and strong. Um, this is a game that Roma should, you know, win. I'm not going to say easily, but it should be a game that should be comfortable, for, should be comfortable for them, but it won't be. Um, for the reasons you mentioned, I think they're too susceptible to mistakes. Now, luckily for them, this is not a top six opponent, right? So, mm-hmm. but um, Sassuolo can play like a top six opponent when they when they want to. Uh, so it will be a difficult game. I see some goals, like you said, um, just for the optimism and the hope sake. I'm going to say three two Roma. Okay, should be exciting. Jerry mentioned, of course, the Lazio is going to chime in and say Roma haven't beaten any of the top uh, the teams yet in the top nine. So. <laughs> Rubbing salt in the wounds. The only other game that I want to put your attention on, Richard, is Bologna and Inter. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. I think this one's fascinating because this is – look, look the, you know, I have no delusions. Inter's going to win this title right now. The only way – that the only thing that's keeping them from winning this title is a significant injury or two. Um you know, and I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen. And by significant, I'm meaning Lukaku, I'm meaning Barella, guys that have been incredibly vital and incredibly consistent with what Inter has done this season. But Bologna are an interesting proposition. They have traditionally given um, Inter some trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, they have split their last four games. Um and uh, if we go even further, uh, yeah, Inter have, you know, if you go even further, Inter have won a majority here. Uh, but Bologna make this interesting. And Sinisa Mihailovic sets this team up to frustrate Inter and with what they got going the other way. And it's Inter away. And that's the one area of Inter that I'm not totally sold on. 
you know, they get into these games against that you think, hey, they should walk them, but they don't. You know, and 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 it's and and it's a struggle. We've seen it at Udinese that nil nil draw, um, losing at Sampdoria. Okay, mm-hmm. the the outcomes don't the outcomes aren't just limited to Inter winning and moving on here. Yeah, and and, and Bologna have the quality to pull off an upset. You know, they they have some really good players. We talked about how massively they underachieved. Uh, but Mihalovic can get up for these big games, gets his teams ready. I mean, Mustabaro is having a, a wonderful season, and like there's some playmakers on this team. You know, don't discount Bologna. Uh, but you know, it, you, Inter have found ways to win this year. They've been resourceful, like almost like you know Juventus in the past, where even games where they playing really, really poor, they found ways to win. Now, obviously, like they lost recently to Sampdoria and stuff like that, but. Uh, Bologna is going to make it a difficult, difficult fight for them. I, I expect the way, just the way Inter's been playing over the second half of the season so thus far, I expect they're going to find a way to pull pull one out of their ass and win like one nothing or 2-1 in this game. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Bologna score early in this game either just because what they're capable of, but um, especially with Oman Palacio against his old team. Um, many guys, I guess, uh, Mihalovic has seen his old, his old team as well. But, um, yeah, it's just... Uh, It'll be a lot closer than Interisti would like. Um, Bologna are just a team they know how to play. Inter, like you mentioned, like they, they they've drawn them what, four times in a row now. So uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a difficult encounter. I'm certainly gonna be paying attention to this one, probably more so than the uh, Roma Sassuolo. Roma Sassuolo is more for the spectacle, right? I think this one is more for like, oh, maybe they can uh, give some hope to people like Juventus and Milan uh, yep. and Atalanta. But you know, we all know that the race is over. <laughs> Pazzo, Pazzo Inter could certainly rear her ugly head. Yeah, there's still time. Uh, in this, uh, or tit uh, in this game. See what I did there? I did. <laughs> I did. Tit for tat. I got you. Team tit. <laughs> that logo. Wow. Uh, How did that get through? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, which means it's time to segue into the uh, world's most popular hashtag game uh it is time for who won calcio twitter uh richard uh do the honors of leading us off here yeah so uh this one was uh brought to our attention by hakan's cheeks uh and it comes from um uh, our last week's winner, uh, that's what I said. Uh, he says, so the, the original tweet was from Byron in Germany. Say the people in charge of the DFB have rejected Ralph Ranić as a potential successor for Joachim Löw uh, because he wanted to start a revolution with his, within the association. So El Said or Said says, uh, this brother wants to start a new revolution everywhere. He's linked, starting to think he might have a better <laughs> chance of joining the army. <laughs> All right, good start. Uh, good start. All right. Um, Oh God! <laughs> All right. So at Napoli Talk, don't ask, just listen. A YouTube link that. Oh, uh, you, skip, ba- you skip one, but yeah, go ahead. It's a picture of Bakayoko featuring the weekend. Uh- <laughs> and you gotta, yeah. But there's actually a link, um, and you click the link, and it's it's a. It's, they redid the Blinding Lights song, but it's Bakayoko. Hang Can on, you hear it? This. No, hang on. I got to look at it. We'll watch it a couple seconds here. Let me fast forward. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
you get the point. It's a funny video. Watch the whole video. It's you know it's three minutes long. Uh, we don't have time on our long podcast to watch it, but it's definitely worth a watch. Uh, it it is pretty funny actually. So uh, give that a, a follow. It's 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 hilarious. It's really hilarious. Um, <laughs> Uh, I'll go to one that was skipped nice. here. <laughs> so you know, I should have. <laughs> um, so did I skip one? I didn't think. Yeah, I, I'm yeah, sorry. It's all right. No, Hakan Sheik did two in a row. It was confusing. I missed it too oh, originally. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. Right. It, so this one, uh, this is actually from uh, Roti Return. Or, yeah, Roti Return. It says, uh, Crotoni Man is one hell of a player. So Cristiano versus the bottom teams, and then Cristiano versus the top teams. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Oh, oh my goodness! All right, uh, that's at Roti Return. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's it. That 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 has a uh, that that's a contender. That has yep. a chance at Napoli Talk. Absolutely. Uh, in yeah. the clubhouse, we've got some good ones. Um, and I think that you did this one already, so we're moving up. Yep. At, at one boss fans, the next one. Yep. Yep. All right. Let's see. So. Uh, uh, Ken pulls out of World Cup qualifiers due to fatigue. Uh, Joe Carbonara at one boss fan. What? Fatigue? Try being 46 years old with three kids under nine and waking up each day at 6 a.m. I'd be prancing on that field proudly <laughs> wearing the Atsuri. In all seriousness, I hope Ken as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fatigue, fatigue. Uh, well, this one, uh, I kind of got egg on my face. Is uh, nominated by the Calci guys and many people, actually, uh, for my dumb fuckery. Uh, so I, uh, I put the tweet out originally saying, hey, we're six followers away from 4,000. Then I'm like, oh, no, I can't read. It's 3,400. <laughs> and I got nominated like five times by that. So <laughs> Old age is creeping in, man. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, it is. The, 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 eyes, uh, the eyes will start playing a lot of tricks. Uh, They're going to play a lot more tricks on you than that. I promise yep, you. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so a couple people nominated you for yeah, that too yeah all right so uncle sharma is nominating art morelli uh cr7 really puts the mort in amortization uh and this was in response to um amoyal saying anytime you hear the questions should ronaldo stay at juve or should juve keep ronaldo the next question should be which club wants to pay over 80 million euros between wages and amortization <laughs> just for next season at a time COVID has ravaged clubs finances so and cr7, well done. CR7 really puts the mort in amortization <laughs> so well done well done <laughs> art always gets on the board yeah yeah he's good uh let's see all right so this one i get nominated actually uh by apex crafter so uh this is actually not one of mine. This is something I saw on uh, Facebook. It comes from uh, Diavolo El Fuoco Rosonero. And it's a picture of uh, Ronaldo holding up a guy at Jersey. He <laughs> the Jersey after Benevento win the game. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, well nice. done. Nice. You laugh at your own jokes, huh? I do. It wasn't even my joke. It wasn't my joke. It's someone else's joke. <laughs> at Napoli Sansoni, Juve's <laughs> golden boy. It's a picture of Chiesa. <laughs> With a little oh. sticker that says Juve Merda. <laughs> mm hmm. Okay. All right. Sansoni is uh, always getting on the board, too. That's it is. Be pretty often. So the next one comes from that Milan fan, Jake, who actually uh, puts us in, in, in our. In our, our our view here. So first, uh, Juventus put out a tweet saying uh, the next episode of the Sula Razza podcast entitled The N-Word is now online. Uh, obviously, that drew a lot of comments uh, about this uh, podcast. But the one uh, that we got nominated here is Bonucci right now. Let me in! <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Uh, there's some. There's actually some other good ones about that, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> At Goat Pard, uh, Paulo Dybala, 2020, 2021, all touches and season highlights. <laughs> the next Messi. <laughs> He oh, did just do that, did he? He did. He did. It goes on for like two minutes, but yeah. <laughs> All right, this one's uh, nominated. To, this is brought to our attention Hold by Gianni. You're is, still watching it? What is he doing? What is he doing? I don't know. It's a TikTok thing. I don't know. Kids oh these days. These kids. These kids. <laughs> All right, that's that got a shot there. Goat Bard, you got a shot. Uh, next one comes from at Gianluca six one seven. It's Kulabali dislocated a finger while in, on international break. Napoli fans, everybody panic. all right uh at simo 33xx suny finally (laughs) paying inter players this month (laughs) euros fake money prop money paper 10 20 50 100 euro bills prices Uh, bank notes Oh, awesome. 473 to 576 US to have all that fake euro money, huh? Nice, nice. <laughs> this one comes from uh, at JC, uh, JVCNTR1. It's Bernadeschi versus Benevento. First half highlights. <laughs> Just dancing around. <laughs> 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 guy's a dancer. He's a good dancer. Oh. A Barcelona kit, though. Uh, yeah, he is. <laughs> uh, well, you know, take him where you can get him, right? Yeah, exactly. So, Okay. At Rotic Elisha, flash score live commentary on Juventus Benevento game. What the hell did your grandmother do to be included in this? <laughs> if minute, my grandmother could have scored that. Cristiano blazed the ball just over the bar <laughs> from close range. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh, goodness. All right. That's a good one. Uh, Farinho. Uh, Farinho underscore 10 brought this to our attention. Uh, this comes from Sabina. A, uh, she is a Juventus fan. She says, Juventus trying to win the Champions League. <laughs> Small tractor with a big boat. Yeah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> uh, well, got to love the uh, gotta love those uh, canal jokes, right? Yeah, absolutely. So Jerry is nominating at 45 ACP Joe. Okay. Um uh, and let's see. Uh, it's at Omnifoot. According to the Gazette della Sport, Milan are leading the race to sign Sergei. The club will reportedly make a bid with $40 million plus player. Alessio Romagnoli will go in the other direction. La Gazette, <laughs> La Gazette della Sport is the best pink toilet roll ever made. Yeah, it's true. Good true. Very true. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good one. That's a good one. Okay, this comes from Sansoni as well. It's Fabian career highlights at Napoli. <laughs> Just dancing. <laughs> Good answer. Yeah, uh, the ponytail it looks like more like Palacio than anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, he's got some moves. <laughs> Unless there's a ponytailed uh, Napoli uh, player. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they have one. All right, so um, uh, Rafa nominated himself. Uh, the lads at ESPN FC were talking about pre-match meals. Iguain wanted something different in catering and got it. <laughs> and then he had a little, little Photoshop McDonald's bag in there. Oh, that's funny. So, very nice. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Where do we go? Um, ba, 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 boom. Uh, okay, so uh, this ESPN FC tweeted out this, uh, the Italians know how to sing a national anthem. And then it's a kiss for me. Look at their eyes. They're scared. Like, what the? <laughs> They're yelling. They're yelling. <laughs> <laughs> These poor kids. All right, they know nothing about Gustle. Uh, uh, nope. Uh, 
Let's see here. Um, let's see. Okay, so Perisnich is usually on the board a lot. He's passing on a nominee, so I'm curious to see what this is at Harsh Realities 9. Stefano Sensi when Mancini asks him to play, and there it is. It's Kevin Nash getting out of the wheelchair. <laughs> Yeah, since he played pretty well in the, in the game too, so yeah, he, all of a sudden he uh, is not injury injury riddle anymore with it for the Azzurri. So, yep. <laughs> all right, Martino Puccio uh, brought this to our attention, and uh, so uh, Irish Inter fan, it's at Irish Inter. He says an amazing satellite photo of the Suez ship. Zoom in, and you can even read the writing on the side, and it is Juve Merda. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. That's funny. Excellent stuff. All right. So uh, Nick Zamboni at Nick Zam. Nick Zam. uh, Who's going to tell them? There it is. The new Inter Milan logo looking like the Volkswagen logo. Amongst other things. Not me. Uh, all right. Well, uh, you got nominated, Frank. Yes. Uh, and it's uh, Inter Milan changing their logo to spell tit is perfect. (laughs) There it is. T-I-T. Yep. Tit for tat. <laughs> oh. I do have to credit. Uh, I do have to credit. I found it from Carlo Garganese uh, from the Italian Football Podcast, and uh, he got it from somewhere, too. So um, Everyone gets a nomination. <laughs> oh, gosh. I mean, everybody's been teeing off on this logo. It's just it's unbelievable. Well, Farina, respond to yours there. <laughs> yep. And... Uh, I thought I had a pretty good shout, laughing my ass off. Uh, I am, I am broke. <laughs> <laughs> the picture. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, that's good. Uh, let's see what else we got. Okay, uh, so you nominated this one. This is from uh, at Oozing Reds, and it's uh, when you order it online and when it arrives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. We're having way too much fun with this logo. We are, we are. Oh well. Oh boy, Big Sheik's back on the board, nominated by Rafa this time. Me and my new Inter Milano merch. <laughs> and goes outside. Oh, hold on, take, let me take a picture. Hold on, B. Hold on, yeah. <laughs> Posing for the pictures. Turns around. He's got the logo on his pants. <laughs> oh, Big Sheik. Well, that was the new merchandise, apparently. <laughs> uh, Rafa also tweeted out to the Inter Irish Inter fan with the same thing with the Juve Merda. That's, a, that's funny. That's funny. I guess that's real. It could be photoshopped. I don't know, but uh, funny nonetheless. Uh, <laughs> that's another Who on Couch at Twitter nominated to us by Farino. Uh, this one actually comes from from uh, the North Netherlands Nomads, uh, and it's I'm like what the what the. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is that? I'm that... Pa- so okay. So the original tweet was from Inter, and it says, "I'm power, as the, I'm power. I'm brave. I'm future. I'm El Toro." And so he responds, "I'm like, what the fuck?" Nice, <laughs> nice. Uh, I got it now. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> All right. So, which one wins? Which one wins, Frank? Oh boy. Um... I, I I'm gonna let you pick. I, there's so many good ones this time around. There are. Um, I the one that I liked just because I don't know. Maybe I just feeling giddy tonight. Uh, it's Sansone, Juve's golden boy, and he's holding a Juve Merda. <laughs> I think we go with that. Uh, there's a lot go of good ones. There's a lot of good ones though. But yeah, let me just double check. Let me. Let me yeah, yeah. That's a great one. I, I the goat part. I think has to get in there. 
Okay. I'm go I'm going with Goatpard. Okay. That works. Uh, Paulo Dybala, all touches and season highlights. <laughs> so let's just do that. Uh, love the first comment. More touch than Havertz. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just leave it here while you while you do that, uh, so people can watch it here. <laughs> oh, interesting, interesting. Ah, very well done this week, folks. Uh, nicely done. Um, for those who are listening in our on our YouTube page, make sure you give us a subscribe, like, leave comments. Much appreciated, Frank. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah. Let's uh, let's. Uh, okay, at okay hashtag who won Calcio Twitter. Um, if uh, you find if you find something you want to nominate, put that. Please don't be offensive. Okay, yeah. uh, please keep it in good humor. Please keep it in good spirits. Um, we want to, this to be an enjoyable experience for everybody involved. Okay, um, so that is the only caveat that I have with this. All right, so please uh, please make sure that you're doing that. So. Um, with that, we're going to put a bow on this edition of Serie A Sit-Down. Uh, Richard, shameless plug time. What do you got? Uh, I'm going to plug the guys at Calcio Connection. They uh, they had us on our show, their show last night. Our show. It's our second show right now. Uh, they, they had us on their show last night. Uh, great guys. Uh, both Jerry and Alex uh, had a lot of fun on the podcast. So definitely give them a follow. Listen to their podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube. Get, do it all. Do it all. Uh, great, great guys and a great podcast. So uh, giving them a shout. And then, as always, you can follow me. I can't get this done yet. At R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N on Twitter, Instagram, wherever. You can find me at FTC underscore 21. <laughs> yeah, we have problems with that. Yeah. I feel like I should be. It's like, yeah, I guess it's, it should be looking in a mirror, but it really isn't. But anyway. No, no. Um, at FTC underscore 21. Uh, I will be on Man of the Match with Alex Dono on Friday, uh, 5.20 Eastern. Uh, so check that out at Onside Radio or go to OnsideRadio.com. Uh, Alex and I will have a good little 15-minute chat about Kelcho uh, and the uh, latest goings-on. Uh, so, uh, you know, please, uh, please tune in. Please support. Uh, also support Hardcore Italians. Great T-shirts um, that, uh, that they've got out there. So... Um, uh, please, uh, check them out and, uh, get their, uh, get some swag. Uh, there's some pretty good t-shirts. If you there. use our code AT15, AT15, you can get 15% off just FYI. Well, more reason, AT15, go to Hardcore Italians, discount code AT15, get yourself a 15% discount, get yourself some t-shirts. Lord, Lord knows some of y'all out there need some. Mm. Keep wearing the same stuff every three. We got. We. I. I know our listeners wear the same shit three days in a row. They got to. Yeah. Why not? It's COVID. <laughs> it's COVID. You got a reason. <laughs> Jerry expects us to come back on next week on your podcast or to do our own. We'll be back on our own. Our podcast we'll next week. We'll be back doing our own. I mean. Maybe a schedule change down the road here, but yeah, we can only we'll, take we'll Jerry in small doses. <laughs> so. <laughs> but anyway, we'll see. But no, I will be uh, yeah. So and then uh, again, uh, uh, man of the match with Alex Donald Friday, five twenty Eastern uh, uh, at Onside Radio. Go to onsideradio.com. Check out that interview. Um, otherwise, uh, uh, check us out. City, I sit down. We have our own channel on Apple Podcasts. We have it on SoundCloud. We can also be found on uh, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever there is podcasts. You can find City, I sit down. So uh, please uh, subscribe. Uh, say great things about us. Uh, it means a lot to us. Um, 
uh, at City I Sit Down on Twitter, on Instagram. Also, we're available on Facebook. Uh, please check us out there here on the YouTube channel. First time watching, like what you saw, please please drop a like. Please subscribe. The subscription uh, gets you notifications on when we go live on future podcasts. Uh, so check it out there, plus any other videos that we uh, might throw out here in the not-too-distant future. Uh, chat, beautiful as always. Grazie. Yep, thank you absolutely. for uh, thank you for taking part and interacting with Richard and myself, um, and for all of you out there. Thank you for your listenership. We appreciate it. it means a lot to us, Richard. This time next week, we can this talk some city. Yeah, about time. About we'll time. get back. We'll get back at it. So, for Richard, I'm Frank. As always, make sure you're telling your paisans about us. Ciao.